If Christmas is about anything, it's about rejoicing in the birth of Jesus. And not, not only rejoicing in the birth of Jesus, but understanding what that birth means. It's about beginning to enter into the rejoicing, rejoicing with exceeding great joy, because we understand that what we are commemorating this morning changed history forever and changed our individual histories forever. Because now through faith in him, we are going to spend eternity with God rather than an eternity in hell. Are you hearing me today? I don't know about you, but that's cause for rejoicing if nothing else. Now these magi, these Eastern magicians... Matthew chapter 2, the first 10 verses, gives us the background of the story of how they actually found Jesus. But in verse 11, I want us to focus on this. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They bowed down and worshipped him. And then opened their treasures and gave him gifts. It does not say they opened their treasures and gave gifts to each other. It does not say they took the gifts that they would have given him and decided that they needed to buy gifts for their kids and that that was more important than bringing the offering to Jesus. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, I'm not saying it's bad to buy gifts for your kids. Last night, we had Christmas with my, with my side of the family. And, and to see those little girls opening the gifts and my daughter, it was the first year she was able to just tear that wrapping paper. And she, at first, she, was just, she didn't know what was happening here. You know, but when she got through that first wrapping paper and Elmo was under there and Elmo was beating the drums, the next one came, she was a beast. She was just tearing that wrapping paper. <clears throat> You see, if she, if matter of fact, it got to the point where she loved tearing the wrapping paper open even more than what was underneath it. She's like, oh, that's cool. Another, another one! Another one! Tear it open! Christmas is a wonderful thing to see your kids enjoy the gifts, but the most important thing you can do for your kids and for your family is not to buy them gifts on Christmas. The most important thing you can do is teach them to bring gifts to Jesus Christ. As a family, we should come together on Christmas and say, what are we going to bring to Jesus this year? What are we going to bring him out of our treasures? What are we going to lay at his feet? And the travesty is that when we put family above God, we make family an idol. The first Christmas was about an exchange. It was God bringing gifts to men And men bringing gifts to God. It was not about men bringing gifts to each other. That's important too. I'm not trying to be iconoclastic here and say, let's not give gifts to each other on Christmas. God forbid. No, I like getting gifts on Christmas. My size is... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The point that I'm making is that Christmas has been hijacked by materialism and the church is just as responsible. The wise men have begun to give gifts to each other and we've forgotten about Jesus. Do you know the sinking feeling of forgetting to get a gift for a very important family member? I mean, you're there, you're at the house and everybody's there and, you, you, and all of a sudden you get this sinking feeling. Ooh, for some reason I thought she only had three kids. Mm. Mm. And all of these gifts are coming to the fourth kid, and there's not one with your name on it. 
and you just kind of take the mama aside, you'd be like, uh, I'm going to hook up uh, little Jamal later on, you know. <laughs> see, what happened was, I actually had, see, I was about to get his gift, but what happened was they didn't have his size, and so uh, I ordered it, and I'm going to have it sent to your house later. You know, generation after generation after generation of believers in Jesus Christ have forgotten to bring a gift to Jesus on Christmas, and it never dawns on us that there's anything wrong with that. What have you brought to Jesus this year? Have you had a moment this year, this Christmas season, where you stop? I mean, when you think of bringing gifts to your loved ones, you stop and think about it. And my wife is the queen of stop and think about it when it comes to buying gifts. Me, when I go buy a gift, I'm on a mission. I walk in, that one, bam, it's done, let's go. My wife, well, no, we don't go with the first one. You have to go to five different stores and even buying a card. She's got to look at at least an assortment of 20 different cards and then, you know, weigh them. But this paper's nicer than this one. And no, but the, the, the font on this one. It's a card. It says, Merry Christmas. This one. I'm in and out in two minutes. You know that picky family member that you're afraid to buy a gift for because you know they ain't going to like it? You know the look on their face when they open it up and they're like, oh, thanks. Yeah, oh, thanks. You got a gift receipt? Can I, uh, you mind if I, <laughs> mind if I exchange that? You take extra time to buy that person's gift. Your, your whole goal is for your gift to be accepted because you feel accepted when your, when your gift is accepted. But when your gift is rejected, you feel personally rejected. Do you stop and ask yourself the question, what am I going to bring to Jesus this year? Do you spend any time thinking about it? What am I going to bring to Jesus this year? Do you consider the question, what am I going to offer to Jesus? How am I going to offer myself to Jesus in a new way this year? How am I going to make it special so that I come to Jesus and say, Lord, here I am. The thing we need to remember about Christmas is that it's an exchange of life between man and God. It's an exchange of gifts between man and God. It's not just man bringing gifts to God, but man brings gifts to God first and foremost because God has brought gifts to man. That is, Jesus Christ was God's gift to humankind. Whenever God gives a gift, he gives a gift of himself. He gives us his son, Jesus Christ, to be the salvation of the world. And then the Bible talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to those who are afar off, to as many as the Lord our God shall call. In Acts chapter 17, Paul met some disciples from Ephesus and asked, have you received the Spirit since you believed? And they said, we didn't hear about the Spirit. He says, then you've got gifts that are sitting under the tree that you haven't opened and they're from God. The second travesty of Christmas is that God wants to bless us with gifts. God wants to gift us, but we leave all of His gifts under the tree. And we never open them. We got our new shirts and our new sweaters and our new ties. But God has gifts of the Spirit, gifts of grace, gifts of favor, gifts of power, gifts of breakthrough, gifts of blessing. But we never open them up because we don't believe that he has anything for us. Do you live in eager expectation that God has something that he's about to give you? You know, my dissertation is focused on 
one verse of scripture we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. And it says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. Earnest desire. Earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. The word in the Greek is zelos. Zelote. Comes from zelo. Zeloo. Which means to be zealous or to be jealous. Literally it means be jealous for the gifts of the spirit. It can also be translated covet. When the Bible says thou shalt not covet, there's one thing that God gives you the right to covet. There's one thing that he gives you the green light and says, I want you to covet this. The thing is, your coveting cannot be uh, uh, horizontal. It always has to be vertical. You can't covet your neighbor's wife or his, his ox or his house or his car or his horse. But he says, covet the spiritual gifts. That is, I want you to look at what your father has, and I want you to want it. I want you to look at... Now listen, you know, when when I remember Christmas when I was a kid, (coughs) I couldn't sleep Christmas Eve night. The expectation that I was going to receive a gift, I coveted it. I coveted those gifts. I was jealous for those gifts. Man, my brothers and I, we would be up till like midnight, Christmas Eve night, one o'clock in the morning. We'd just be laying there looking at the clock. Hurry up. Come on, hurry up. Oh my God. And the time just seemed to be so slow. 5 a.m., we would be up. Waking up, mom and dad, get up. It's Christmas. They'd be like, it's 5 a.m., go back to bed. No, it's Christmas. We're opening gifts now. We did that so many times they instituted the 6 a.m. rule. They said, it's got to be at least 6 a.m. before you wake us up. So we're sitting there looking at the clocks. It's 4.59. Come on. We're counting every second. Tick. Tick. Why? Because I'm getting ready to receive a gift. I'm getting ready to receive a gift, and I'm jealous for that gift, whatever it is I wanted. And we didn't even know what it was. But God tells us what the gifts that he wants to give us are. He gives us lists of them. Paul says, to one is distributed by the Spirit the word of knowledge. That is the ability to have knowledge that you didn't obtain in the natural. When God gives you word of knowledge, suddenly you know things that you shouldn't have, you have no business knowing. Suddenly you have knowledge of things that you have no business knowing. The word of wisdom. Suddenly you have wisdom. You know what to do in situations where you shouldn't know what to do. Discernment of spirits. Gifts of healings. How about that? Gifts of healings. You lay hands on a sick person and they get healed. Working of miracles. You know the difference between healing and a miracle? When somebody's limb has been cut off and it grows out, that ain't a healing. It's nothing to heal. That's a miracle. You got to know the difference. No, we don't need a healing here. We need a miracle. Are you hearing me? Faith, tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues. Paul lists all these gifts of the Spirit, and then he says, earnestly, desire them. Desire them. Earnest, be jealous for them. Have you prayed and asked God to give you the gift of prophecy lately? We're jealous for new shirts and ties, for a new car. You ask most people, what are you jealous for? What do you want? What does your heart cry out for? Man, if I just had a newer model car. Nothing wrong with that. I want one too. You hearing me? This isn't about being guilty for wanting stuff in the natural. What I'm saying is that our desire for the things of the spirit should exceed our desire for the things of the natural. I want a new car, but it's going to wear out. But when God gives a gift, he, it, he never repents of it. He gives it for life. He gives it perpetually and he gives it to you as a talent that you can multiply. 
If he gives you an anointing to pray for backs, and you're faithful with that, you can pray for backs and legs. Are you hearing me? He gives you a small prophetic gift. If you're, if you're, if you're faithful with it and you use it and develop it, it can turn into a powerful prophetic gift. If he gives you just a little gift of mercy, it can turn into a powerful mercy ministry. If he, if he gives you a little gift of compassion, and this is the key. The gifts of the Spirit are not things you possess. They're things that you give. They're not gifts until you give them. A lot of people say, I've got the gift of healing. Really? Who have you prayed for this week and seen healed? Well, nobody. Have you ever? No, but God showed me I have the gift of healing. Well, until you start healing, folk, don't go. Listen, it's not about whether you have it. Nobody cares if you have it. What we want to know is do you give it? It's not a gift until it's given. By definition, a gift is something given. I have a shirt that's wrapped in a box on my counter at home. It's not a gift yet. It's a shirt. But the moment it changes hands and I put it into the hands of the person for whom I purchased it, now it's a gift. It's only a gift at the moment it is given. And from that moment on, it's a gift. So when somebody sees that person wearing that shirt, they'll say, that's a nice shirt. Where did you get it? Oh, it was a gift. I received it. It was a gift. This is a gift. I'm wearing a gift. This is a gift. It was given to me. I didn't work for it. I didn't strive for it. I didn't earn it. It was given to me out of grace. What I'm saying to you today is that God wants us to be jealous for his gifts. He wants his kids to lay awake at night in eager anticipation of the gifts that he's about to give. And I'm saying to you by the spirit that God is bringing us into a season in which he is opening up the windows of heaven and making the gifts of his grace radically available to the people of God. And I'm saying it's not just about the bishops and elders and pastors and deacons. It's not just about the apostles and prophets. It's not about a title. It's not about a position. It's not about any authority that you've been given in the natural. It's about the fact that God wants all of his children to prophesy. He wants all of his children to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants all of his children to walk in power. You are sons and daughters of God. And every gift God gives you is a, is a deposit of God-likeness. Ernst Keismann, German biblical scholar who in many other ways is a heretic, but this he said is good. He said every gift of the Spirit is the specific portion of the believer in the dominion and glory of Christ. When God gives you a gift of the Spirit, He gives you a specific portion of the dominion and glory of Christ. Christ is ruling over all things, and He says, here's just a little piece of my glory and my dominion. Here's a little piece of my reign. It's a specific portion of the dominion and glory of Christ, so that when you cry out to God for His kingdom to come, you're also crying out to God for His kingdom to come through you. You're crying out for your inheritance, for your portion of it, for your specific portion of it. And I say to you today that I don't care who you are or how unspiritual you think you are or how weak in the faith you think you are. say, but I'm just a baby Christian. I don't care. God will raise up baby Christians and anoint them with power. God spoke to me, and this is for both houses. God said that the weakest, most immature, most hypocritical, lukewarm Christians in the house are going to reproduce in 2012. He said that the weakest, he said that the least of you will become a thousand and the weakest will become a mighty nation. I don't care if you say, I've been sitting in the back pew and I've been, you know, I'm I'm still even trying to decide whether or not to come in the door. I've got one foot in and one foot out. I'm in the church on on Sunday, but I'm in the club Saturday night and I haven't haven't decided which one, you know, (laughs) I'm just kind of trying to, you know, drinking communion Sunday, but throwing back a martini on Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? 
Listen, I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care what you're going through. God says that he's making you fruitful in 2012 and his fruitfulness is going to overwhelm your issues. God said, this is my gift to you. My gift to you is I'm going to wipe the slate clean. My gift to you is I'm going to take away the things that hinder me from moving powerfully in your life. My gift to you is I am going to allure you into the wilderness and I'm going to speak comfort to you. And I'm going to give you back your vineyards. And I'm going to turn the valley of trouble into a door of hope. And you're going to see things. Listen, you're going to see things that you've longed to see. Things that you've desired to see. God's going to do it. I'm watching the clock because I don't want to go over time here. Amen. Amen. God's going to make you fruitful. But what we have to do, this is the thing. What if I was up on Saturday night? Or what if I was up uh, as a kid, Christmas Eve night, laying in bed going, might as well sleep in tomorrow. My parents probably ain't giving me nothing. <laughs> Wake up, it's 9 a.m. Ah, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep another hour. They had to come wake me up Christmas morning. It's 10 a.m. You're going to get up and open your gifts? I'm too tired. I'll open them later. What's for breakfast? At least make some pancakes. Then I go downstairs. All right, what do we got? I'll give it a try. I'll give your gifts a try. Isn't that how most believers, isn't that how a lot of people's attitude is? All right, I'll give it a try. What do I have to do? Open the gift. What's this? Underwear. Always give me underwear. Man. See, I knew it. I knew I wasn't going to get anything good anyway. With our attitude. What we tell God is we don't really expect you. Listen, every time you get up to go to the house of God, it should be eager expectation. You should be looking at the clock going, come on, it's only 6 a.m. The service starts at 9. Why? Because you should be living in expectation that when we come into the house of God, the Holy Spirit is going to be throwing out gifts. The Holy Spirit, he comes in with a bag full of gifts. He's got gifts for everybody. I know know the Holy Spirit has something with my name on it. That's what it means to earnestly desire, to eagerly desire. It means that I live in the constant expectation that God is giving me something. Now watch this. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that the, I believe it's Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5, the elders seated around the throne of God, they're constantly casting their crowns down before the throne. The 24 elders, constant, and those 24 elders represent all of humanity. They're casting their crowns down before the throne of God. Now, it seems to me that they could only cast their, th- their crowns down once. But it says, every time the angels sang this song, the elders cast down their crowns. How'd they get them back? Because every time the elders cast their crowns down before God, a coronation service would happen where God would recrown them. We have this idea that whatever we give to God is lost. You know, there are certain folks where if you loan them something, you know it's gone. There's certain folks when they say, can I borrow? You say, no, no, no. This is a gift. He said, let me, let me just let you off the hook right now. Because I don't need you avoiding me for the next three months. Hoping I forget. You know, let's just do away with all that. It's lost. It's gone. And if I'm not able to lose it, 
then I ain't giving it to you. (laughs) I'm only going to give you what I know I can live without because it ain't coming back. (laughs) We have this idea. We have that idea with God. Tithing is gone. Is lost. I know this is law. If I can live without this, how can I live on 90%? Yeah, just I can only live on 90. Okay, 10% is lost. It's gone. That time, that time that I spend in the house of God is lost. Well, I guess I can give up this amount of my time. Time in prayer? Okay, this is all the time I have to give you, God, because I know it's lost. Every moment I spend in the prayer closet, lost. Every moment I spend in the word of God, lost. Do I have the time to help out another believer? Do I have the time to share? It's lost. It's lost. And God is thinking, who do you think I am? Now, if you always pay people back and you come to some late, let me borrow $20. I'll give it back to you on Sunday. They go, no, no, no. This is a gift because I know it's not coming back. You'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm going to go to the ATM and get you 20 Listen, the last 15 times I borrowed money, I paid everybody back. I never... I never failed to pay anybody back. Why am I getting that attitude? Maybe him over there. Maybe her. But not me. No, 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 no. It's lost. Forget it, brother. Just keep my, keep my $20. The point I'm making is that the elders freely cast their crowns down before the throne of God because they know that nothing given to God is loss. Nothing. There's no such thing. You can never give God more than he gives you. Ever. 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 Are you hearing me? The thought that you can give something to God and you lost it is, is ridiculousity. It's more than unbelief. It's idolatry. Because you think you're bigger than God. It's never lost. The elders, they just throw their, it says they cast their crowns down. It's like they're body slamming their crowns. (laughs) You know why? Because they knew that nothing is lost that's given to God. In fact, it's multiplied. It's multiplied. It's multiplied. And when we step into that place of exchange, that's what it's really supposed to look like in exchange (laughs) <laughs> you got that one family member that you buy gifts for every year, but they never bought you a gift. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And not, and they're not kids. You know, it's one thing if they're 11 years old, you don't expect anything back. Everybody, you know, the kids, they get a gift from everybody, but they don't, of course not. They're eight, you know, six years old. But I'm talking about that 31 year old cousin that still lives with his mama. Everybody got one of them. Everybody's got at least one. 37 years old, ain't married, still lives with his mama. And after a while, you just think, I don't think, I think he's old enough not to get a gift from me. Because I'm tired of remembering his birthdays and I don't even get a card. I don't even get a Facebook happy birthday from him on my birthday. I don't even get a Christmas card from him. But every year I come out of the pocket, I think I'm done. It's supposed to be an exchange. 
We bring, when you have that one person, that it's always an exchange. You give and receive. That ministry of giving and receiving. Giving and, and you never give to get, but it's nice. <laughs> when God brings his gifts to us and we joyfully receive them, and we bring our gifts to God and he joyfully receives them, we've stepped into that exchange. <clears throat> now suddenly we're learning not only what Christmas is really all about, but what the Christian life is supposed to be all about. It's supposed to be a continual exchange. You don't take a moment to spend with God in which you're giving but not receiving. You say, well, I gave up my time. No, 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 no. You're both giving and receiving at every moment. Every moment. There's no such thing as a sacrifice made to God that's lost. In this Christmas season, God is calling us into the place of exchange. He says, come and celebrate Christmas with me. And bring your whole family. We're going to exchange some gifts. I've got so many gifts for you. And the Lord, I just see the Lord standing before you today. And his hands are full of gifts. Full of gifts. He's got a bigger bag than Santa Claus has. And whether you are naughty or nice. He says, I got gifts with your name on it. If you've been naughty, I've got a gift that's called eternal life. And the forgiveness of sins. And regeneration. And I'm able to take that naughtiness and wash it away. And on the other side of that washing away, I've got more gifts for you too. I got another gift that's called grace. Mercy. That mercy that says, I'm going to wash away your naughtiness. And when he washes it away, he says, I don't remember it anymore. I don't call it to mind anymore. I don't look at you and go, yeah, I remember what you did. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I got grace. I've got blessings. I've got fullness of joy. If you're ready to enter into the exchange. Bow your head this morning. Father, I speak your blessing over your people today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that you're here to enter into an exchange with us. Not the kind of exchange where when we get a gift that we don't like, we take it back to the store and exchange it. The thing about the gifts that God gives is that they always fit. They're never the wrong size. There's no exchanging them. He knows us better than we know ourselves. This morning I say to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that God has an exchange for you. He says, if you would just come to me just the way you are, I'll come to you just the way I am. If you would surrender yourself to me, I'll give you the gift of myself. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their heads are bowed and their eyes are closed. Maybe somebody's here. You say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 
You've never stepped into that exchange before. Maybe you've even prayed and asked him for things and you wonder why you didn't get the things you asked for because there was no exchange. Because you wanted... You wanted charity. But he only gives covenant. This morning, if you would make a decision and say, I'm going to open my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm going to surrender my life to him. I tell you, the Lord is here this morning. And he will come in. He will bring his gifts of grace. He will wipe the slate clean. He will wash away your sins. He will drown them in the sea of forgetfulness and remember them no more. And he'll bring you new life. This morning, I declare to you the gift that Jesus has to bring you. And it goes beyond any gift that any one of your loved ones or family members are going to give you today. I don't care what you're expecting. The gift that Jesus has to bring you today goes far beyond it. If you're here this morning, you say, I want to receive that gift. That gift of eternal life that Jesus came to bring me. And I'm ready to enter into that exchange. I'm going to surrender my life to him. And I want to receive the gift of his life. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right where you are. Somebody here. You say, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive the gift of eternal life. There are others of you here today. Actually, for everybody else. You say, I know Jesus Christ. Oh, I see a hand over there. Thank you. Mm. Somebody's coming to pray with you now. Everyone else, the word of the Lord to you today is, I have many gifts that I wish to give to you. If you would open your heart to them. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would release an eager desire, an earnest desire, an expectation of the many gifts that you want to give us. God, we haven't expected them. We haven't coveted them. But God, teach us to covet the spiritual gifts. Teach us. Teach us to ask for them. Teach us to open our hearts. You have so many gifts that you want to give to your church. All you're looking for are hearts and minds that are open. And Father, I just speak your blessing. And I pray that you'd heal anyone in this congregation right now that needs to be healed. I pray that you would release gifts of healing. In the name of Jesus. If you need it, just receive it by faith. In your heart and mind, say, I receive it. I release healing for broken bodies, broken minds, broken hearts, broken relationships. Maybe you need some healing in your marriage. I just release that healing right now in the name of Jesus. Maybe you need healing in your family. I release healing right now. You need deliverance in your heart. We just release it in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. We release it right now. Just receive it by faith. And I speak divine empowerment. And I speak divine encouragement. And I thank you, Father. That you're doing a marvelous thing. I give you all of the glory. I give you all of the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Stand up. Just lift your hands to heaven one more time. Father, I bless your people today with the blessings of heaven and with the blessings of earth. I bless your people today with peace, with joy, with favor, and with power. 
And I thank you, God, that you're doing an awesome work among us. We give you all of the glory. And Jesus, today we will bring you all of the glory. We will give you all of the honor. And we surrender ourselves to you, afresh and anew. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Give God a shout of praise.